Today's episode of Better Call Saul is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com has the greatest products for looking good. They have all the geeky stuff. Man, if you want like a Star Wars tie pin, you want some Cufflinks that have the Captain America shield, Game of Thrones, all the sports teams, college sports teams, they have everything to add that little touch to make you look great. So look awesome when you step out the door tomorrow. Go to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20 today. All right, welcome back to Daily DVR Does Better Call Saul. My name is Axel, and of course, my co-host on this amazing journey is Mr. Heath Santazo. And tonight, we have a very special guest, but before I introduce them, I just want to tell you that tonight we're going to be talking about Better Call Saul Season 6, Episode 4, entitled Hit and Run. This is, in fact, directed by Rhea Seahorn herself. We're going to be here each and every week covering the show for both parts, so we'll be back after the break. And you can find out more about us at DVRpodcast.com. Also, consider supporting us and becoming a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. And send your feedback like Reginald did this evening. Got another email from him. That's at DVRpodcast at gmail.com. All right. We're going to get into also, I'm going to remember to talk about the Facebook post that we had. We had two Facebook posts this week. And for the first post, I want to bring in our guest and have him introduce himself. And that's kind of where we're going to talk a little bit about Howard to start out. But first, let's say hi to Heath. Heath, how are you doing? I am wonderful. Uh, Haven't slipped today. So no slipping Jimmy for me. Been very, you know, on my own path, legit, doing good things, (laughs) though, I thought of times of being a parking lot attendant, but, um, you know, that, that it came and went. All right. That's good. And no, no, uh, no stealing any Honda pilots. And speaking of Honda pilots, <laughs> the man himself, you've heard him on many a podcast before talking about Westworld, Game of Thrones, and of course, Watchmen. It's Roberto. How you doing, pal? I am doing great. It's so great to uh, reconnect with you guys. Uh, and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, as you alluded to there, I, I had a bit of a better call salt type of day today involving a tricycle and a bike and a car robbery. Um, but uh, but it's one of those days where, where you either need somebody like Saul or better yet, you need somebody like Michael to uh, help you out. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. That's a crazy story. We'll save that one for uh, another podcast. We will. uh, We're going to be talking about this episode. You know, I haven't been doing this, so I will do it. Let's just talk generally speaking. Heath, what did you think about the episode overall after we had a real emotional one last time? This was a little bit of a change of pace. A lot of uh, kind of the sting took up a lot of the episode. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, it was very refreshing because after the epic cartel episode with 
you know, the end of Nacho's run, what what were they going to do next? And they, you know what they did? They went back to classic Saul. It felt like season one with like the skateboard guys and like season two ish. It really felt like, oh my gosh, you know, the show is gone in such a way uh, where it, it went back to its roots. And I just was, I was so into it. I, I loved it. Um, it, it, it. It gave us great balance. And, and as we will talk, it gave us some, a scene where two characters who had never been in a scene together before that we know of. Uh, so it was, except for maybe going to the courthouse and grabbing a ticket, but it's just like, it had so many, and visually, uh, it was very interesting because uh, Ray Seahorn directed the episode, as you mentioned, and you can tell sometimes when actors get their directorial debut, they'll pull out some cool shots. And Diane Keaton <laughs> yeah. did it with Twin Peaks, George Clooney with Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Like when it's just, so we'll get into that, but I love the episode. It was a refreshing callback episode. And uh, man, I just the show is amazing. How about you, you know, Roberto? How you liking this season and how did you like this episode? I mean, I think this is a show that has consistently just delivered uh, building upon the greatness that was Breaking Bad. And I, I would argue in many cases surpassing it. Um, and this episode is the is that kind of it's kind of like the palate cleanser episode after an intense episode. Right. So we've had kind of a buildup seeing Nacho being in, a, in, in, in precarious situations over the previous three episodes, culminating with a very intense episode uh, three. And then this is kind of a palate cleanser to kind of help us switch gears as we move into the second half of this first part of the season. Um, I thought, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for con artists, uh, uh, you know, uh, heist plot type of thing. So it's interesting to kind of see the pieces coming together, but not understanding what the main, what, what the main course is going to be until it actually happens. So, you know, you see, uh, uh, Saul in this getup looking, uh, you know, all, uh, like Howard. And then you see, and you knew, we knew that they were planning on stealing the car, but how exactly that was all going to play out and how it, how it all played out was, was great. I love the little touches. Like, uh, when he gets back and somebody had parked in the spot and they had removed the cone. And so he has to pull the, the sign off the ground and replant it in front of the right car. And, and just as Howard pulls off, it falls to the side. It's almost like something out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Uh, you know, it had, it had some really great touches. Um, also starting to see now, I, I, I may need some clarification here because I, it's been a while since I've seen Breaking Bad. But are we seeing here the, the birth of what is going to be Saul's future office? Uh, or is this still a, a different location from where we have met him at the time we see him in Breaking Bad? I'm, I'm not sure, but we're seeing here, you know, that, that he still cannot continue to build his image. And in the meantime, we are now in a situation where unlike typical, uh, it, it is usually it is, it is uh, Saul, uh, Jimmy, that has all the details and he keeps Kim in the dark until she needs to know or she has to know. And this time around, 
Kim has some pretty important information, having learned that Lalo Salamanca is alive and she still has not disclosed that uh, to Saul. So it's kind of an interesting flip in the dynamic there. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Good breakdown. Oh, I felt like I was listening to you do one of the... uh... Game of Thrones breakdown. <laughs> I was waiting for the TV critic dot org podcast. Yeah, that was awesome, dude. You went through it, man. I love it. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, you all had you caught you all hit on kind of everything, and I felt I, the palate cleanser thing resonates with me a lot because. This was a lot of fun in the mm-hmm. whole Gus House thing in the beginning and the end. Um, there's just a lot of little scenes that were created, even just when uh, the sex worker, Wendy, who was from Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. if you remember, mm-hmm. um, when she just like was trying to call someone on the telephone for no reason. <laughs> He's trying to get her into the car. Like, what is that? Why? Why? And like you're saying, Heath, that's like kind of like an actorly thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just like kind of play with it, guys, you know? And so she decides right. not to come over to the car and instead go over to the telephone. Um, I just thought that that the way they, sh- everything, t- they, they were like taking their time a little bit more. Yeah, yeah with things, you know, like we talked about last episode, Heath, when they didn't show Nacho cross the border. And then mm-hmm. this episode, they showed like everything that, ha- right? Like it felt like it happened in such a distinct period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of enjoyed that feeling, that change of pace and a little bit of the funny stuff too, like the sign falling and him, with all the makeup on. <laughs> like, right. So like, yeah, it's like, it's like he's back to his old hijinks yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Right. It's fun. And you know, Howard is not even that tan. That's, that was what was funny about it. Like when he first came out, I was like, is he trying to look like how, like Howard's not that tan. Like it was just, it was it, kind it, of his men, It's his mental perception yes, of Howard. It's yes. how he perceives right. Howard, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. Um, you know, I could easily hide this from the pod, but when I saw Saul all tan and in a suit, I was thinking, oh, man, this must be the the next thing they shot after Bob Odenkirk recovered from his heart attack. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, he's in, he looks skinnier. He's probably got some t- a tan and you know, he just, you know, and I'm thinking oh that God. I totally, yeah, honestly, that was like, I mean, I thought about that for like three Isn't minutes. Funny? And then I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I'm well, such but, an idiot. But he, that's what speaks to the whole plan coming together. Right. We get these bits and pieces and we're like, wait a second. Why is he, so then you connect it to all oh, he's now, this is when he's taking the car. So it has to do with him and the car. And so you start to put together, they're putting together some kind of a little drama here or whatnot. Right. So it's right. all kind of and part of him, that delivery. Yeah. And even him driving around like a madman mm-hmm. everywhere, you're like, what the heck? Why is he? Okay. And yeah. then it, it all comes and together. It all, it all oh coincides God. with Kim having her, her coffee with, uh, <laughs> With uh, Cliff uh, and yeah, and making it appear like, you know, like Howard is now hanging around with hookers. So, yeah, because even the her phone, I'm like, is she recording this? I'm like, no, that phone doesn't 
have a recording device. This no, is no, 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 no. 2000 and whatever. I'm like, why, why does she have the phone down there? Like, I, again, this is this show. It's what it does. Mm-hmm. They gave you little pieces and you got to put it together as it's going. Yeah. And it actually, it, it's just brilliant. What they did is that they omitted the scene in the heist movie where they go over the plan before they execute no, the plan. No, they, just you know threw, they just threw us into the plan, right? But you know and what, so, Roberto, actually... They did give us that scene, except we didn't understand. You mentioned Correct. it. It was in the yeah. last episode. When yeah. they, if you go back and watch that, they go over it. Like it, you can figure it out from that, you know? Right. Oh. Eventually. It's, it's but, in it's in their lingo. Yes, That's the thing. It's exactly. like you don't have the context. Yep. So then now you, you now you can go back and put it together. Yep. So it's, yeah. yeah, I love the way they did that. All right, let me get, I always forget to do it, and it's been fun to do it. So I did ask on Facebook, and I'd like to hear, we're talking about Jimmy as Howard. And I, for, well, I first want to ask you too, should we call him, is he Joward? Is he Soured? Soured? Oh, Soured. What is it? Soured. Soured? Come on. Hall? That's got to be. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like it. Sour. Or Fred. Howl. I don't know. <laughs> we got to yeah. get the mixed name. But Sour. anyway, Heath and I talked about this a little bit. We talked about it last episode with Bubba. What do you feel about Howard, Roberto? Are they doing him wrong? Are they doing him right? Does he deserve this? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What's your overall I feelings mean, on Howard? I mean, how, Howard is... Howard is the type of kind of the stereotypical uh, successful lawyer, right? That idea of the person who got into the, into the field that he did because he wanted to have all the things. And as we see from that counseling appointment he's at, having all the things has not made him happy. He's like that quintessential stereotypical, you know, the rich person who has all the material things, but on the inside, He's just kind of sad and shallow, right? And we've always kind of known that this this episode, in a way, kind of confirmed it a little bit bit more. But we've seen glimpses of this in previous seasons as well. So, I mean, they're wanting to wrong him. Uh, in part, it's because of the the case with that that they're dealing with, right? That they wanna they wanna reach a settlement with that. In part, it's because they are, you know, they they kind of see him as uh uh as the 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 kind of the type of of person that they don't want to be he's an easy target he's somebody that they want to they want to bring down a notch but i i can't help but kind of feel sorry for the guy because in reality he's just kind of a lonely uh person who's 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 bought into this idea of what success means and he's not a very happy guy and i have a feeling that the consequences are going to be kind of sad i think in the end we're going to end up sympathizing way more with howard than we maybe initially thought uh even early on when we first met howard in the you know earlier seasons of the show you know he was easier it was easier to dislike when we didn't know as much about him but as in many you know any good any good shows do you get to know these characters and even for somebody who is yeah he's pretty shallow pretty kind of sad and pathetic guy but does he really deserve to have his reputation tarnished potentially you know we, this might be something that is that is just enough to get jimmy and uh 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 what's i'm spacing and, and kim uh, what they want, 
But what could the repercussions really be for Howard? I mean, what if he gets disbarred over this? What if he loses? You know, this could really kind of screw him up. Um, so I, I have a feeling that in the in the long run, yes, he's uh, he's kind of an easy target and somebody who's 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 easy to dislike. But he uh, he, uh, he he's he, we're gonna we're gonna end up uh, empathizing with him a lot a lot more. Mm, yeah. I think we feel just about the same way as does John Wambacher on the Facebook page. Check that out at Daily DVR. Just look it up. He says Howard's getting a raw deal. It'll be interesting to see how far the show will go. Just like you were saying, how far they're going to take this and how far they're going to hurt him. Uh, Ian says, says, it's a good one. Uh, Howard's a jerk, but fucking hell. He's just a scapegoat for both Jimmy and Kim. This is good stuff. There's no real rhyme or reason in my eyes. They just hate what he represents in their respective lives. For Kim, he's the target of her idealistic crusade where the ends justify the means. And for Jimmy, he was Chuck's real brother. Everything slipping Jimmy wasn't, and they hate him. That's true. I think, but I also think Jimmy loves him. That's why I think this might be the thing that is what separates Jimmy and Kim, not the cartel killing her or whatever or Gus or whatever, Mike, but maybe he just, when it came to Howard, he just didn't want to go as far as Kim wanting to go because they're laying the foreshadowing down there that at the very beginning of the season, he was like, yeah, we're still doing this. Why are we, we don't need to do this. Like, right. you know, so I, I agree that they hate him, but I feel like for, for Kim, the hatred is more, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like for Jimmy, there's, it's a, it's a kind of thin line type of thing where mm-hmm. for her, there's no love there and there never was. Um, Jonathan Sherby says he's always seemed to have a good heart, just kind of a a kind of a kind yet clueless, privileged, wealthy dude. Like you were saying, Roberto, Yeah, I've always felt him to be kind of like, you know, nicer than he had to be. Let's put it Mm -hmm. that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Like nicer than his privilege really, uh, forced him to be. Yeah. And and I think that's why I kind of like Howard. You like Howard too, right, Heath? You know, I don't hate him, but yeah, I kind of in a way do like Howard. And I again, you know, I it was one of the first questions that I think I brought up to you when we started uh, covering this season was, wait a minute, I, I feel really bad for Howard. Do, am I supposed to hate him? That was our big discussion. And now we're, you know, we've been asking everyone who comes on with us, how do you feel about Howard? Because I, I was like to myself was like, wait a minute, should I hate him? And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, not really. <laughs> I, you know, I think when, you know, we've mentioned it before, but the, that in the courtroom or the hallway, when Howard walking away and Jimmy's going crazy at him, that that's the moment I really was like, come on. Like, I just felt, if you, you know, it was embarrassing. It was too much. And I was just like, Ugh. and though I'm enjoying them, I, I'm actually feel bad that they're doing this to Howard. Like I enjoy right. the, like the, 
little bits and pieces of how they're doing a heist. I just wish it wasn't against Howard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's very enjoyable. But Howard, the poor guy's in therapy. We, we, we're learning things because we, we don't know so much of his personal life. We're learning things. And he's just a regular guy who's he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer that works for his clients. And, and I just, ah, and you know, I, I got to believe we're supposed to feel that way. Um, it, it, because like you said, Axel, this could be the thing that eventually if something really bad happens to Howard, this could be, you're right. This could be the thing where Jimmy and Kimmy don't, that could separate them. Like you said, it could be this because we've already seen the back and forth of it. Um, and their feelings toward it, but yet they're going th- with it. But you, I think you might be onto something. Yeah, we shall see. And I th- other people agree with us. Andy says, I think both uh, Kimmy and Jim are too hard on him and they know it. They just can't help bringing out the worst in each other. Um, yeah. Is Howard a rich, pompous ass? Absolutely. But he doesn't yeah. deserve this treatment. It's way over the line. Gareth our good friend Gareth from over the pond. I am firmly in the Howard camp now. I feel so bad for him. He's not a bad guy and doesn't deserve to get the shaft. Chuck pulled all those strings before. Howard was just a bit of a dick with Kim when she got relegated to doc review. He was prepared to let bygones be bygones with Jimmy when he offered the job. If he finds out what's happening, I think he will be really hurt and he's evidently going through some tough stuff at home, getting therapy, etc., I hope this doesn't go horribly wrong and he doesn't and he doesn't do something awful to himself when Kimmy when Kim Kimmy when Kim and Jimmy's plan goes bang. <laughs> Gareth, that's exactly what I was thinking is and I'm looking it up now. I don't believe that Howard is mentioned in Breaking Bad. Don't recall. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now and I see one screen rant says Howard isn't referenced at all in Breaking Bad. So, I mean, that's what scares me when they start off with like a therapy thing and the kind of guy that Howard is and Mm -hmm. all like the Namaste license plates and all that shit. It's like you're laying it it on a bit thick. It's like that. It's that superficial. Yeah, there's a darkness. It's like it's a a belief that. You know, oh, I got to do the latest trend or I got to get into meditation or whatnot to deal with my problems. But there really is just kind of a the real he he probably just has a really kind of sad. Yes. You know, vacuum in his heart. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have a real human connection to anybody uh, for whatever reason that is. Um, You know, it makes me think for some reason, the only example that pops in my mind is the movie Mean Girls. Remember how in Mean Girls, you know, you you start the movie siding with the underdog who eventually takes down the, the, the popularity queen. But then you get kind of the perspective of the popularity queen and you realize, OK, basically the underdog has now become the thing that they were trying to destroy themselves. And in a way. It's kind of like what's happening here. I think Kevin and Saul, in a way, they see in Howard this this kind of evil, you know, everything that's bad in the legal field. And in a way, what they're about to do to him is going to turn them into some something even worse than what they perceive Howard to be. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Uh, so do you think this show will pull the, I call it the boon took 
Boone stole the water or Boone took the water scene. And what I mean is from Lost, when we saw Arnst, like we saw like a missing moment in time when Boone took the water and then he comes out and it's like, <laughs> oh, Boone took the water. And it was like, oh, would they, do you think they would show, say, old footage or whatever and show some of our Better Call Saul characters in the Breaking Bad timeline? I, I don't think they would. Maybe for one scene, but is that something you think they would do? Be like, all of a sudden you see Saul and Huel, and all of a sudden you see drunk Howard in his car staring at the, you know, his office and throwing a bottle at his office. Oh, you mean you know, like, like, a, like a little retcon, like a kind of a retcon, right? So like we may we may see a scene we've already seen in Breaking Bad from a different perspective, and it right. just so happens, you know, maybe we saw a scene in Breaking Bad where they walk past uh a homeless man in the street yes, and now howard. we now we look at it from a different angle and it's howard i right they, they could get away with that to me if they mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. honestly the way i feel about them is this production and the production value is so high it's the highest on tv i i, I think that it's it's as high as any i would compare it even to like a game of thrones or something it's not mm-hmm. as large right but the level yeah, but there's a but there's a tightness there's a yes, exactly there's a yeah. tightness to 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 you know Vince Gilligan more than any other showrunner you know you, you when you're dealing with canon in properties that you know span multiple series or have a broad mythology it gets very difficult to keep all of those things in line and granted i am not a i'm not somebody who has rewatched these series over and over again i'm sure that there are people out there who can catch the mistakes and the inconsistencies and stuff but from the point of view of the of the standard viewer for lack of a better term it feels like they have really, really thought it out as far as all of the the points where things overlap, where the th- you know it, it, it just feels like it's very tightly uh, uh, thought of as they as they you know bring in new pieces and and connect them to what we've known from before. Definitely, and that's why I would trust them to do something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if they, however, did, he's, they all, do I, don't, right. I don't think Gilligan is the kind of person who would do it just for the cheap shot yeah. of it. I think it has to have a reason for right. it to happen. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I Cause mean, that's man. what they're doing with bringing back old characters. They're not saying, how can we bring back Huel? It's exactly. like, we have this situation. How, would it work if we brought this character? Who would back? be the, who would be the, the right character for this situation? Right. 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 Yeah. That's the feeling I'm getting because a lot of times you'll have, oh, we just want to see this character. You bring him back for no reason. But, you know, yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> the say trap. They brought back the Kennedys. But, you know, what was that, those, their that's the kind of the trap couple? that that's the kind of trap that things like Star Trek have been falling into a lot. You know, yes. just kind of, hey, we, 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 we have yeah. to plug this in just to kind of remind people of this old thing or whatnot. Or it's, it's not like, who inherent could help, to who the could story. Us? Mm-hmm. It's them. Right. Like it's yeah. this big buildup. Speaking of that, uh, like kind of moving forward in the episode past um, uh, Howard, Jim, Joward, whatever we're calling him. Uh, Jawan Howard? <laughs> Jawan Howard. <laughs> when we, ha- we, get, we get another person from Breaking Bad, Spooge, makes an appearance <laughs> at the nail salon. But it's a nice two scenes together where first Jimmy's at the courthouse and everybody's treating him bad. He eventually finds out it's because of the Lalo shit. 
But yeah. then he's at the courthouse again. He's, his phone is blowing up. He goes to the nail salon. There's like all those people. And then that guy spooches it. And he's just there. They don't make mm-hmm. some big end. You know, it's not like the camera swoops into his face, right? Like he eventually talks to him at the end, right? And we mm-hmm. find he he call he says his name, but um, I think it was a good little callback. And that dude wasn't really even in Breaking Bad for very long at all. I think it was only like an episode, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Again, and it's interconnected tissue. You know, like I didn't remember that he had been in Breaking Bad. And do you need to remember that? You don't. No. It it adds to the richness of the world. And for those who do remember, hey, what a bonus. But it's not something that is just a, you know, a call out to the to the it's not a a fan service move. It's being done because it makes sense that in this world where this guy Spooge is a petty criminal that exists as part of this universe would seek out somebody like Saul. Yeah. And Saul calls him Mr. Spooge. Just Spooge. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And for those who don't remember, Spooge, um, what happens again? Spooge stole money from Skinny Pete with his wife. Oh, yeah. The ATM. Yes. And then he was a big meth head at that point. So he's not. Also, that's that character. Yes. That's right. So he's not a meth head at this point. At this point, he's looking good. He's looking sharp. Right. So. So that's an even smart. I mean, that's so smart to do it that way. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Even though the guy's like 10 years older, he looks younger. Well, because it's, it's, but this is the past, yeah, right? Yeah. So now we see now we see where he was, and and, and now up. we kind of have this idea of where he's heading, right? Yeah, that's exactly. a very because inter- now that you say it, now I totally remember that episode. That's the episode. I think he ends up dying when the woman drops the ATM on yes, his head. Exactly, <laughs> crushes his yeah. head with the ATM, right? That's him. Um, and to become spooge, and they have a baby. <laughs> they just kind of running around in dirty diapers in the house and stuff that they completely neglect. Yeah. Um, so, but it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting too because it's like everything on this show is going to kind of descend, right? Like, <laughs> like you're you're if you're going to meet someone now, they're probably in better shape than they're going to be when you see them in Breaking <laughs> Bad, right? Yeah. Like it's pretty true. I mean, think about like Mike and everything. Like we get a lot more heart out of Mike now than we got in Breaking Bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, and Gus and like. You you see this episode illustrates to like you talk about Gus, the paranoia, the OCD, oh, yeah. the like just the overthinking, the insanity, what it must be to be Gus uh, is just on full display. But um, yeah, well, let's I just wanted to talk a little bit about those two courthouse scenes. Did you guys have anything to say about those scenes and spooge and the word is out now he's salamanca's guy i guess he didn't really even ever consider being a rat like kim asked him at the end of no, the last episode, no. Right? yeah you're right um i you know i felt bad <laughs> everyone it's like because think about all the characters that are treating him like crap like they're annoying characters to begin with like they really are and so it, 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 i felt bad even he brings the uh the little stuffed animal which axel i believe is that stuffed animal seen at the the house when the feds are t- or 
taken all of Jimmy's stuff. Um, I, I think yeah, that might be an Easter correct. egg. I believe that's yeah. one of the things that they said that that first shot, that first scene was like full of stuff that you're going to find out later. And this, yeah. I think that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting too. trying to figure out, Oh, was that, wait, was that, cause that's, I started when I heard, I, I forget where I heard it. Maybe it was from you off air or something or on air. We're talking about, there's a lot of items in the house that yeah, may we pop talking, up. Yeah. It was on this show. And, yeah, oh yeah, it was probably on this show that we podcast about Better Call Saul. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just I, that's I all we talk about. Wonder... I just call you up and I'm like, you know, when Jimmy and Kim were blah blah. <laughs> we're just... Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll call me randomly, just like in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, it's two realities for me. I'm not yeah. sure what's podcast reality in real life, but uh, yeah, no, I just it, uh, you know. I, I don't know if I'm ultra sensitive this this year or something, but I just I'm feeling bad for people more mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's like Howard. And then, oh, Jimmy's got to eat. You know, he, the, he, he moved his stuff and then she just walked by him and sat somewhere else. Like, I just I'm like feeling bad. I'm like, what am I? I'm really emotional these, these days. But I just like, ah, but again, that goes to this show and and I got to give it for the directing little, little things that happen that are just words. Sometimes you don't need words when you're making a production. It's just the reactions and what happens it, where, you know, you on a page, you can see it. But then when you see it visually, you're like, wow. I mean, it's just the moments work. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I thought was interesting and I don't know if this is a thing people do, but I just thought it was kind of weird that when they're lined up, uh, when he when he pushes everyone out of the nail salon, and they and he's giving them uh, getting their cucumber water orders, <laughs> he's, he's giving them he's writing the numbers like with like marker on their hand or something like yeah. as they're standing out there. And I just, I don't know. I just wondered if there's any kind of significance to that. It just felt kind of weird to me. Like, I don't know what's like a kind of a tattoo thing. I don't know. I just wanted to mention it that I thought that was just a little touch that I yeah, thought I mean, was I, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I got, I thought he was just numbering them, right? I mean, he doesn't have a ticket machine for people to grab yeah. a ticket to, so they get in line. So he's putting numbers on them. I just thought it was um, like somehow, um, metaphoric, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. kind of branding that, like each branding other, or yeah, it was yeah. weird. You know what I mean? Like they're being indoctrinated into the <laughs> legal system in some way. You know what I'm well, saying? Like yeah, it yeah. was. I just felt it was kind of weird, but well, uh, and and if you think about it, you know, uh, in a way, the type of lawyer he becomes, it becomes all about the numbers, right? Mm, it's yeah. all about. You know, just being the kind of the guy who gets you in, gets you out and gets you the settlement. Yeah. Um, so mm, people yeah. do start to become kind of like, you know, they're, 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 they become kind of like a product for him to just churn mm, through good point. in order to, there you know, you so it's yeah, kind of great. It, point. it is kind of a, 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 a demeaning they're, they're, mm. they're, 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 they're the bottles on the, on the conveyor belt, just passing through. They're just. You know, it's, it's it's a way to kind of dehumanize the client and just make it just another opportunity to boost himself up and make more money and, and increase his reputation for what he does. There you see, Roberto, 
you got it. That's why it was interesting <laughs> to me. You fucking figured. I love it. Yeah, and I, well, I, I, I know because I, I wouldn't have been able to figure that out. <laughs> well, I wanted to speak to the to the piece too about you know. Uh, we see, like you mentioned earlier, Spooge looking healthier. We see the people in the courthouse starting to kind of turn on him, you know, not really like him or whatnot. I mean, we're really kind of seeing Saul establishing all the seeds of the, the kind of person he was at the by the time we met him for the first time in Breaking Bad, yep. right? Yep. And it's interesting that he's meeting here Spooge and it's all happy and glamour and whatnot. This is the same guy who is the lawyer for Gus Fring, who is the lawyer for uh, uh, what's what's his name from Breaking Well, and for Breaking Bad for Walter White. So so his dealings with those people lead to the epidemic of meth that takes somebody like Spooge and eventually turns him into a meth head. Mm -hmm. So it is it is a bit of a kind of a an interesting way to kind of foreshadow what's about to come. Yeah, it's all fun and games now, but look at the suffering and the pain you're going to be causing down the road because of your interactions with these folks. Great point, man. Mm. Totally. And it to me, another interesting thing that I took from it was we go from him being, like you say, so sad. No one wants to eat with him. No one even look at him. Mm-hmm. He's got to pull out that little freaking... <laughs> What was that? A beanie baby, right? Which is like, he's tr- a, yeah, he's a, trying a everything. He's trying yeah. everything. And it, <laughs> but then when he gets to the nail salon, he's doing great. And it, it, it made me think if this is the success that he's having, he's successful now. How is he successful? Because he's Salamanca's guy. He doesn't need to do this Howard thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this again right. points to like a division growing between the impetus behind why they're pulling this sting off. Is it yeah. really to get the sandpiper money? Will that even work? Or is it right. just that they're trying to go after Howard? They're trying to fuck the people that didn't help them. But in reality, like Huel said last episode, you don't need to be doing this. Don't need to be doing this. No, you, you're that could be the biggest. Money. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not like Walter mm-hmm. White. You don't have cancer and, and you fucked up and, and weren't part of a right. billion dollar company. That's not what you're doing well, right? Like, so it's just interesting, like, that it happened so fast. And then we later yeah. see that office you mentioned. Um, and uh, I don't think that's the office. That's not the office we see him at eventually because the final office is a is a lone building. It's like a what are it's they? Simi- it's similar to the building where the tax folks, the the, the yes, folks in exactly. a couple of episodes ago, yeah. right? And and I think it even had it's one of those structure. floppy uh, uh, Statue of Liberty. Oh, it blue did. Yeah, that's thing, why they show right? that. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but um. Yeah, just interesting to me. I wonder how, you know, how far they're going to go with Howard, but how when Jimmy's going to want to try to really kind of get off the train because he's enjoying for what we see in this episode, the first part, you know, which Mm -hmm. happens before this success. He's really enjoying what's kind of going on, you know, and uh, and now he's has the success of setting up at this potential shithole office. Right. And uh, that's that's like a personal success for him. We got to remember who this guy is, right? Like, that's a big deal for him, right? right? Like, it's a big deal that he's a, he's also kind of 
able to blend his two personalities here and kind of be do the illegal funny shit with Saul, but still he's a lawyer, right? He's still Jimmy the lawyer. And so I think that's how far it's going to go is interesting to me. Um, I'm not so sure. We'll see. And the whole, and the whole piece with Howard is also wrapped up with his feelings with, with Kim, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe if he was uh, on his own, he would have given up on that already, but kind of, this is kind of something Kim wants to do. And so he's kind of, you know, fallen into the, into the, 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 whether it's a trap or whether it's, Oh, well, she wants to do it. It's kind of like, like when, uh, you know, you have a, a person who has a drug habit and the other person, you know, they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't want you to get into this. Don't do these drugs. And then, then, you know, you, that, that person says, well, but I'm going to try it. And so then they, so then you kind of bring him in and then now you're buddies kind of thing. Right. It's like, if I've hooked you into this addiction oh, and so now yeah, I kind of have to, now I kind of have to keep you that uh, we become kind of drug, but we become, we become con artist buddies. Right. Um, you know, the part of him probably deep down that knows I shouldn't, we, we don't need to do this. Huel is completely right, but we're already doing it. So we might as well just kind of <laughs> keep doing it. Right. Well, that's yeah. on a simpler level. I gotta, I gotta reference one of my all-time favorite sitcoms, Three's Company. There's an episode where Terry is moving in as the new, um, roommate and Jack doesn't like her and doesn't want her there. So they have a party for her and hit, uh, Jack and Larry do these practical jokes on her and she's just kind of taking it. And then the final practical joke was uh, Jack saying smile pretty for the camera. And he presses the button and all this ink goes on to her dress and ruins it. And she's so embarrassed. And I'm wondering if the final straw with Howard, oh, it's one of those moments. That embarrasses and them. Yeah, and Saul's like, oh my god, maybe he becomes the Jack Tripper, mm-hmm. where it's just like we went too far. We went too far, and totally. Keith you know, with the threes company rep, that was hell deep. yeah, son. That is great, though. You're right. That kind of, <laughs> that kind of, yeah. Um, what where you, you become? You become what you with the thing that you've been complaining about. You become that, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Because they are in a that really, as we see them do get deeper into this we're feeling it everyone on uh, that is writing in and talking they're feeling it this is ridiculous and also howard is not this bad and they can go they uh, quite honestly this is a situation where maybe if they went in and talked to howard and tried to actually Mm -hmm. positively settle this sandpiper thing they could have done it you know what i mean give it another shot see what they could have accomplished when talking to the, uh, those old folks and get people to agree to it. Right. Like that's, what's holding it up. Right. It's like legalities that they could maybe figure out, but I like what you're saying there, Heath, that they are like embarrassed by themselves of themselves Mm -hmm. at the end. But I kind of feel Mm -hmm. like the way it's going, Kim's not going to be embarrassed of herself. And Jimmy is, Hmm. You know, right. That's kind of how Larry was. And, yeah. But Jack right. was like, oh, my God, we went too far. I was what have we done with this? What have we yeah, done? Kind what have of we thing. done? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's also interesting that for Kim, what Kim really wants to do, we know, is like this more pro bono work. Right. To be able to be a lawyer for the little people who can't afford 
representation in, in a court of law and, 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 and kind of do that type of, that's really what she, that's what her passion is. And so in her mind, she justifies, I'm sure the Sandpiper thing started off as if I could get that Sandpiper money, that settlement finally done, yeah. then I could, I could do. So it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm the, the end, do the ends justify the means by which you're doing it. Right. And so in her mind, she's convinced herself that, you know, screwing with Howard and getting this money will eventually make allow us to do the type of law that really is virtuous. Uh, but we have to, in the process, um, do some pretty unvirtuous things to, you know, a guy that we don't just because you don't like him doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to have a, you know, a successful career and live his own life. Yeah. And the thing is, in this episode here, Let's not forget when she meets with Cliff and is kind of, you know, just bringing him there to see what happens with the fake Howard, he buys it. He he goes for this, you know, her idea, which is like a pro bono kind of organization, an independent team of lawyers dedicated to really tough cases, she says. They could could cut the line right then Mm -hmm. and there. She could cut it off and go with work with Cliff and set up this legal clinic that would be like her dream, you know, nonprofit legal uh, support clinic Mm -hmm. or whatever she wants to do. Um, You know, and who knows? Let's hope that, that she comes to that realization. But they're going to looks like they're just we'll they're in too deep now. Yeah, they're set. Well, they're setting it up both ways, right? Or, like or, could, or even worse, kind of getting their dreams, you know, or even even worse. By the time they decide to stop, it's going to be too late. Mm. Cliff will have already done something, yeah. confronted Howard or something. And now the whole thing, you know, really does hurt him. And they they just didn't know when to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to say that. I love the jazz music in that scene. That is a song called <laughs> Gliding Along by Benny Green. And you can look that oh, up. Benny. It's a great tune. I love that, man. I just, I don't get people who don't love jazz. I love jazz so much. I'm such a jazz freak. Um, but there is a little scene in bed I wanted to talk about. Not with you and I, Heath, but with Jimmy and Kim. Oh, damn it. And uh, Oof, thank God. Kim tells him this is after they do the de- whole deal and after um, she drops. Cliff buys see, it. Cliff buys it. But also we see that Kim is being followed after she drops Wendy off in the parking lot. And Kim tells Jimmy, I'm being followed. And Jimmy's like, oh, you're just being paranoid. And then he says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. And then she says Mm -hmm. to him, do you think we're wicked? And like she kind of for a second, she's questioning because we're talking about Mm -hmm. how ardent Kim has been. So I do want to mention that there is this scene here where she looks at him and says, do you think we're wicked? He plays it off and he goes, nah, you're wicked hot, babe, or something, you know? like Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But cool. it was a sweet kind of intimate scene. And I thought it was interesting. They haven't really it showed was a, that. It was, a, it was a vulnerable moment yes. because I think, you know, Saul does realize, yeah, what we're doing here is kind of scummy, but he doesn't... He, Kim, I don't think, is in a place where she understands it as deeply as he does. But you she know? does say that, though. She does say when she says, do you think we're wicked? She, her voice kind of cracks and she's not like right. she seems a little sad when she says it, like she's expecting him to say yes. So there's she there. They're showing some kind of 
remorse there. We know that Kim I has been so. yeah. good in other, you know, I know they're setting her up as the villain this season, but they're, you know, I don't want to go too far down that road. I think maybe, mm-hmm. maybe she could be the one that pulls back. Yeah. I think she's in a spot where she does not yet under, she does not yet, you know, because she's, blo- because she's blocking it herself or doesn't understand that what she's doing isn't justifiable. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, I think has always been that way. And, and so I think that that was a moment of kind of revelation for her of, um, you know, shit, am I, I, what it's what I, what I've been telling myself is not true. And it's also a moment where we see that Jimmy uh, is, is way farther down that road than Kim is and he has to kind of step back and then kind of play play it off as a joke or oh it's just a turn of phrase kind of thing right but it does plant a, a seed of doubt in kim's mind yep there is uh a couple scenes with just kim she confronts the guys in the car that are following her Mm-hmm. Uh, which was awesome. <laughs> she just doesn't yeah. give a shit. She's badass. Um, and Heath, what did you think of the, this is now I, I did not go back and look, but I had read that they had not had a scene before together. So maybe she, but I kind of did remember her like going through and hand and him handing her a ticket in an episode or two. Um, but this is really their first kind of real scene together. What did you think acting wise of uh, Kim and Mike together in the diner? Yeah, no, it, it um, yeah, because I, I almost started thinking, wait a minute, maybe she took a ticket from him. But yeah, you're right. This could be the first real dialogue mm-hmm. exchange, maybe then versus, hey, how you doing? Have a good day. You know, so it. Um, I, I, I thought it was amazing because not only do we have vintage Mike like going through it and I just love, I'll answer what I can. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's just so Mike and Jonathan Banks. I mean, back from gremlins crocodile wow. time, he's been in everything. Wise um, guy. He was just awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wise I mean, guy. just yeah. a huge, yeah. huge fan and he's just so good. But um, Kim, you know, she's getting all this information. She's processing it. Then at the end of the scene, when Mike goes away, we see the vulnerability of her mm-hmm. and she breaks down a little bit. And you, you're like, wow, she's a little, she's got some fear going on, mm-hmm. some going on. And, and she's been like, Kim has been, I mean, we've seen her emotions, especially when, when she wrecked the car and she was overworked and she was worried about Jimmy in the desert. We've seen you know, her humanity, but this one seemed, uh, it was more like Jimmy in the desert. And then after Lalo, because after she spoke to Lalo in the apartment, I don't remember her really breaking down. She was, I remember she was tough to Lalo and then maybe, you know, calm down a little bit, but this moment after talking with Mike, she's worried. She's acting wise. It was, yeah, she's shaken up. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. She's shaken up and that, is what I didn't expect at the end. Now, so I mean, uh, this this whole show acting wise, but just the the the, the way the scene was set up, where you kind of see little glimpses of Mike out of focus and little hidden things, and then he shows up. 
it was just it was almost I felt like the <laughs> the De Niro Pacino scene in Heat when they finally talk in the diner. You know, it's it's just like it was. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, it's it just mm-hmm. in the Better Call Saul Breaking Bad universe for me to have these two characters kind of you know go out. I mean, it it, it reminded me that I'm not saying it's as brilliant as that or whatever, but it just that that feel yeah. of in, you know when you're in this universe. Of wow, the two of them are together, and and, and then like you start the thinking two that because for so long the show yes. was like Jimmy and Kim and Mike. That those those do not you don't cross the streams, right? Right. Like it's right. there's and now it's yeah. like last season Kim's talking to Lalo, now she's talking to Mike. What are we gonna get? Her mm-hmm. chatting with Gus and fucking you know getting it <laughs> yeah. Next, she's going to be with like all the Dons, and they're going to be like, "Hey, Kim!" (laughs) Hey, Kimmy! Shit! Um, Now uh, you could imagine it, though, right? Right. (laughs) I'm imagining it right now in my Teddy Woody. You're right, though. She is. She was like shaken, and the fact that, like you mentioned in your intro, Roberto, there. She doesn't mention it to Jimmy. She agrees with Mm -hmm. Mike when he's like, "You're made of sterner stuff," (laughs) right? And at the end, you could see she's like hearing that in her head as she's talking to Jimmy, and she's like, "Should I keep on telling him this office is crappy, or maybe I'll tell him it's really nice, and so I don't have to tell him about the mic thing?" And then right. she just doesn't tell. I wonder how far into the next episode, she, what yeah, do you guys think is going to happen first? Is she going to tell Jimmy that she talked to Mike? Or is Mike going to talk to Jimmy and tell him she talked to Kim? I mean, I, I don't think Mike wanted to talk to Jimmy. I think, like you say, Mike knows that Kim is the one made of sterner yeah. stuff. No, but I mean, who, it, how is he going to find out? Is he going to find out about it from uh, Mike or Kim? I think probably I, Mike. I just think she's not going to You think he'll him. find But But will he find out uh, from Mike? I'm wondering if he's going to find out because something will happen to ah, Kim. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Mm. That's the other, that's the third yeah. option that he finds a, out because quick, Lalo's alive. Yeah. Yeah. And a quick question. So are we to assume now that the two guys, Mike, that was following Kim, is, is that the same car that was following them at the end of the episode early in the season when my dumbass thought it was Lala <laughs> and we didn't know I, who was following him? I would listen this this the that's uh, right it, it would not be above there's twice in that right we see in the wendy and also mm-hmm. in the episode when they're pulling away from uh the um the uh great american tax place tax right evasion right. or whatever yeah. yeah we see they pull off at the end of that episode i think it is the same people but it could be we had we had said it could have been howard it could have been lalo or, mm-hmm. But I don't even think we said Gus, but it turned out it was, I think it is the same people. Yeah. I mean, we, we've known we've known from early on that they've known that Salamanca is alive. Right. So it could be that from that moment on, Mike has been putting a. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keeping an eye out on them. And Gus would. Want yeah, because Mike too. did heard the. Yeah, because Mike heard the conversation when Lalo showed up mm-hmm. on yeah. the phone. And so that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but I would think Gus, because Gus, as we see, and that kind of ties into the whole Gus thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's so freaking precise 
covering every angle that because they were involved in it, he would have been like immediately like start following the lawyer and his wife because they were involved with him in some way, right? Like they're probably following Nacho's dad. They're probably following Mm -hmm. anyone else that we can think of any potential, any potential person that they could then, you know, keep, keep an eye out on Lalo so that they can get the jump on Lalo. If he he shows up. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's as much about protecting them. Maybe for Mike, it is, but from Gus's point of view, it's about protecting himself. Yeah. You know, one part of the Mike uh, Kim conversation, I thought was interesting where Mike was like, you're up to some, unsavory stuff (laughs) he was like like, what the fuck are you guys doing like like, he's like you're going out to the desert of this place then jimmy's dressing up as a guy and throwing a hooker out of the car like what the fuck is not gonna end up the way you think yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. like i wonder if mike is gonna get involved somehow in what's going on with howard you know like i don't know just like could it, it could it get even more fucked up I don't know that they get involved in that too, where Lalo gets in, in the middle of it. Like Lalo ends up shooting Howard or something, thinking it's Jimmy. I don't you know what That's I mean. Like, it's just, it, it doesn't, if they're all in the same place, that means that those same guys were probably watching mm-hmm. Kim sit there at the table with Cliff and Jimmy drive. You know what I mean? Like, and they yeah. were probably following him too, not just her. It's just right. that she caught on to it and Jimmy didn't. Right? Because right? Mike said, right. we're following you guys. Right. Right. So there's another team following Jimmy. Possibly. Oh, yeah. I think, that, I yeah. think yeah. So it's interesting of how much Mike knows of what they're getting up to and whether he gets involved in that or, I don't know, it, it opens up the possibilities. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about that cold open and, and near the end of the episode, though, it wasn't the last scene. I think it would have been kind of sometimes they do this with this show. Like you would have thought that they would have opened with the Gus stuff and then they could have ended the episode with the Gus stuff. But instead, they end it with just Jimmy and and Kim walking off to get tacos. Right. Like it's just right. A, they kind. I don't know why. I think they do that just to be a little different, you know, mm-hmm. um, but. This was so hardcore. This was so cool. The jumpsuits going through the neighborhood. You're like, what the fuck is happening? But you're loving Who it are the these whole people, time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and all, of course, I know, Heath, you're going to say this. I'm thinking, wait, am I supposed to recognize them? Were they in Breaking Bad? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Is this the opening of season two of Lost in the hatch? <laughs> yeah, like- exactly. It felt like that, didn't it? Because it was now, so the- weird. Did you know, like once the, you know, so, so we, we meet these, this couple that's having kind of a domestic type of conversation, they arrive at this house, you know, they walk through the house. It's almost like, like they have these people in their house that are surveil surveillance folks wearing flak vests and guns. And it's like, they're invisible to them. They just continue to live their life with these people in the midst there. Um, and then we see kind of a repeat of that in the, in the later on when Gus cuts through the the tunnel and the underground. And as he's walking past, they're just still having their conversation. It's like, it's like they don't see Gus. It's like they're part. It's like they're a couple for hire to kind of keep the legitimacy of what's whatever operation is going on there going and keep that cover going. Right. Um, 
but did you did you think so at the beginning of the episode when we when when we first get it going and they get into the house and it and I think it ends on the shot of the surveillance camera on that door. Yeah. Did you know at that time that that was Gus's property? Uh, no, I did not. Because so, my speculation was that we were looking at another flash forward and then this was like the surveillance yes, scene, keeping an I eye thought. out on Saul's place that we had seen at that's the beginning of episode one. Okay, I so I'm, I'm not crazy in, in assuming that no. that my, you know, that my, because uh, I was like, am I supposed to know something here? Is this, is this yet another flash? But then we find out in the end, it's not a police force. It's Gus's private yeah, and just and 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 part of that private police force is also these these two like actors pretending to be a couple. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's so weird. It's yeah. so and and it's like they don't even. It's like Gus has told him, "You must not even acknowledge us, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. you're getting paid Play to live role. in this house, live your domestic life. We are invisible, and unless yeah. you uh, and and if at any point you acknowledge us." <laughs> We can acknowledge you. Like we hear like one guy say, hey, do you have lemonade or tea or something like that? And then she offers it to them. But unless you are acknowledged, you do not say anything to us. We do not exist. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of control that somebody like Gus Fring would have. It was awesome. I mean, I think that you could know. I believe that they have showed the front of Gus's house. They have. Okay. Before. Okay. So I think if you were super astute, you might have been able to pick that up. But I... I was just, you know what? I just, the way I am with this show, this is the, actually, they have, they keep on doing this. And this really, it's weird because they started the season by not showing us Gene, right? By not showing us a fast forward. And then I mm-hmm. think every episode since has started by showing us the end, so they showed right, this, right. like this jumps ahead and they showed what's going on here. And they did it last week. The nacho too, episode with the, nacho with, uh, with the piece of glass. Although, although it's later in the future, you yeah. can tell that the glass has been there a lot so longer. Right. Of, so they love to mess with that. But I, I think I, I thought it was, I thought we, we may, it may be like you said, maybe like Saul's house in the future or something. That's what I thought that it was, it's, they were it was yeah. setting up a sting operation for when yes. Saul came back home or something. Yeah. Or I, th- or, uh, or I did, I was thinking that maybe it was just someone somehow connected to Lalo or something that Gus was watching. Yeah. And I, I came up with that idea later on when we find out it's Mike who's watching Jimmy, I was like, okay, maybe it's connect. So then when, when we see Gus go through the house and everything, I just thought that that was so amazing and so cool. And it's just like it, 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 in a sense, it is a kind of twin with Lalo being smart enough to get a guy to have dental surgery who looks mm-hmm. like him and keep him alive <laughs> until right. the moment he needs to kill him so he mm-hmm. can pretend that he's dead. And you yeah. know that Lalo must have planned that for years, just yeah. like Gus already. He didn't just do this. He always right. owned both these houses. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's always and he's yeah. always gone in the way yep. he goes in so that everybody knows everybody believes that he lives in that other house, but he's actually in the other one, keeping an eye out for anybody who tries to go that, go after him. So cool, yeah. So man. my thought when when the episode started, um, it's kind of like what they. 
I felt was having what they kind of do at law and order. Sometimes they'll focus on a couple say, and you think, okay, this couple's going to get killed or something's going to happen. And then all of a sudden someone else runs out and is like, Oh my God, he's dead. And they're like, what? And they all, and then it, it, the focused couple isn't even about the crime. It's or completely anything. irrelevant. Right. Right. And so the episode's called hit and run. So I was just waiting for someone to hit him <laughs> to hit this couple. <laughs> I was like <laughs> waiting for like, okay, they're looking at the red house. They don't like the trim and how is this going to be approved? And then all of a sudden something out of the blue, a truck hits them or something. That's what I, I had no clue. And then even when it started, when the people in the house, I, it, for some reason, I thought it was their like son at the table or something. And they're just ignore. I don't know. Like it didn't click with me. I, I was like on a seven second delay. It seemed in this episode of figuring things out. <laughs> I was just in my own world watching this and I'm like, wait a minute. And then I rewind and I go, Oh my gosh. But they do love, they do this with insects. They do it. They love the extreme close-ups of objects. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, cause like the wheels the macro and the different and the things micro. like the, uh, what, what, yeah. that old, um, what's that, uh, that great short video. What is it called? The, the, what of things The Oh, I can't, I, I don't remember what it is, but when the camera just goes up, 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 like it go out into the space out oh, until you finally see. Yeah. And you're just gonna, you're just gonna get zoom yeah. out further and further and further to okay. see the vastness of the universe. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of thing. They're obsessed with stuff mm. like that. That goes along with like the obsession to the detail, to the editing yeah, right. and the, and the, um, camera work. And yeah, the gut, the thing the gut that scene when Gus goes through the house, when I was first watching it, I don't know what happened. I looked away or I got up for a second or something. And I thought this scene began when he was already in the house, just choosing his clothes. And then when I sat down to rewatch, to take notes, I, as I, that scene was coming up, I was saying to myself, man, I really hope that they actually started that scene all the way outside as his car is pulling up. And that's exactly what they did. And I was you like, just, yes. You just looked away at the right, yeah. at just the right moment to break up that, I, that, uh, I, I that momentum know. for you. Yeah. yeah. But then it was just. My big question is, Axel, why are you even looking away? I don't why know. Why the heck are you I don't looking know what away? Happened. I don't know what happened. What are you, a human? I know. I mean, this is the kind of show that you close your eyes when you sneeze and you couldn't miss something, right? A little, the details are so specific. That's true. But um, when they do get into the house, it, it is uh, interesting that I was kind of shocked too, that like Mike is there. Cause I was like, Oh man, Mike's like really getting personal. He's in his house <laughs> like for some reason, <laughs> even though I know Mike would have to be like, it totally makes sense. It just felt kind of weird, like intimate to me, you know, that like Mike was there. Um, and like Mike, Mike probably hired that couple too. Um, but again, Mike tells Gus that he's paranoid and and it, this scene ends with Gus saying, Lalo Salamanca is alive um, <laughs> again. And I wanted to point out, because at the end of the episode, I thought to myself, this is really strange. Both Mike mm-hmm. and Jimmy tell Kim and Gus that they are paranoid, but they are both wrong. Kim and Gus are both right. Kim was being followed. And Jimmy said she mm-hmm. was just being paranoid. Paranoid. And 
Mike is telling Gus he's not alive. And we know for a fact that Lalo is alive. Yeah. Yeah. So where is Lalo? Well, the last thing we saw is he turned, he went back he tur- into Mexico. He, he turned back into Mexico. No, I so. know. But where, what the hell is he doing? I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't know. He's, I, do you, I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like he, I feel his presence in Albuquerque, but he's probably still oh, in he's, Mexico. He's doing something. I mean, he can't hmm. be looking for, what is he looking for? Nacho? He know he must know by now then, uh, well, well, yeah, I don't know. He, he's in communication with them. I don't know. We don't know. Right. I mean, the elder Salamanca knows that he's alive and 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 is in some type of contact with him. Yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm sure you know. Uh, we'll we'll you know we still have what th- three more episodes before you know for the mid season finale. Yep. Um, right. So there there will probably be uh, a little bit more. Uh, uh revelation maybe maybe they'll do i I love it when they do this thing like you know the nacho episode was pretty much just focused on that side of the story maybe we'll have a lalo episode that helps us get get caught up you know i think we would he's roberto that is exact i think you know a lot of times you'll see like the actor tony dalton hasn't been in a few episodes Mm -hmm. then we get an episode of just Just him and there's a reason why because they're shooting with him every day for like mm-hmm. two weeks mm-hmm. and they give him kind of a, his character a break or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, I, you know what, that's a great, I, I hope we get that. And have I it be Axel one of these things where, it. where the last scene is the connector to a scene we've seen already before. Yes. So then, it then make him the turn. See, now we're getting caught up on this timeline. We're, we're in the Lalo timeline now. And can hey, I get how about, up that? How about it ends right. and he was the one it that was watching Jimmy and Kim when they pulled away in the very first episode, right? Like exactly. And we think, oh, that was Mike's guys. No, it was actually mm-hmm. it would be that, something yeah, like that. That's a great yeah. idea. That's t- something mm-hmm. they would totally do. I love that. Yeah, because time could have passed. Like we yeah. don't know the exact. They mess with time sometimes, so they do. Th- yeah. That's possible. And then my original theory would be right, and I'd win a an award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bring the nacho um, I want to read Reginald's email um, Reginald okay. writes into us because this is about Gus he says and thanks for writing in it Reginald in Breaking Bad Gus was usually so composed and calculating he was manipulative he could be charming or intimidating he was powerful but still ambitious he was a force of nature but Gus has been unraveling in the last two episodes And the last episode, we see that his monstrous paranoia has come to dominate his entire organization. That's true. When you think about it that way, like all those people think that Lalo is dead, right? Like Mike thinks it. Tyrese probably thinks everybody. Everybody probably thinks it that he's dead. Um, He's no longer the all powerful boogeyman. He has flaws and makes mistakes and is sometimes scared himself. But I like it. Seeing a more rounded view of a character always makes them more interesting. That is definitely the case with Gus Fring. And I totally agree. That's why you love Gus, right? Like all his little the intricacies of his personality and the lengths that he goes to. Like even building that meth lab, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Like bringing the Germans in, like it's just yeah. But that's that's a good point. You know, yeah, Reginald. I and like you know that. what? Too, you know what? Too, Gus was originally like, "There's no way he's dead," but the last straw why he knew was 
Hector's smugness, Mm -hmm. when he shook Hector's hand and Hector gave him a look, had Hector played it as very sad and, and, and put his head down, we, there could be some doubt in, um, in, uh, Gus's mind that maybe Lalo is dead, but the fact that Hector had to give him that little, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that, that that is what solidified Gus's feeling Lalo is alive. And that little moment there, if Hector could have just not given it away a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> with his eyes and his expression, uh, I really believe. I mean, Gus would probably still wouldn't, but who knows? Maybe. He wouldn't be as paranoid, and and, and something could get through, and, and, and so I, I don't know. Um, he, knowing Gus, he probably still would have gone through all the motions and stuff. But I, I, I don't know. There could have been a little bit of doubt had Hector played it differently. Yeah. Well, with what he could do in his condition, but he couldn't do that. Hector's Hector can't do that. No, no. Hector hates Hector. Hates what was Gus? What was again? What was the quote again that Jimmy told Kim about? You know uh, the the wicked. What was the quote again? Uh, the quote is: "The wicked flee when no man pursueth." Yeah, Sounds Shakespeareish. I mean, not only that, but isn't that a kind of a description of Gus? He's always fleeing. He's always paranoid. He's all. You know, when you are as yeah. evil as he is you always, always, always assume that anybody that, 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 that the, you know, most out there possibility is still a possibility and you have to be on your toes all the time. Yes. But don't forget in the immortal words of Kurt Cobain, but it's actually is who, I don't who is it? Uh, it's, it's from uh, mash. I think just because you're paranoid don't mean they're not after you. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and again they exactly. were that's the interesting part about it you know it kind of goes both ways do you think we're wicked i think they are pretty wicked they are pretty wicked but they are being pursued and in that same scene interestingly too jimmy goes out of his way to say it ends with him saying no one knows what we're doing but now we know that mike and Gus and that organization, they know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. So that's another part of it too. Like the plans are out in the open now. That's why I think it could get messy and somehow they all get tied up together. And especially with everyone at the courthouse already linking Jimmy with Lalo, if somehow Lalo does show up back in Albuquerque, that could be trouble for Jimmy, even if he's seen, you know, seen or, I mean, even if on the street, people find out that he's back. You know what I mean? Not seen by mm-hmm. the cops, even. That's good stuff, man. All right. I want to end with this. We're going pretty. Do you guys have anything else to talk about that? Because um, Reginald actually had a funny little um, uh, Star Wars slash Better Call Saul uh, comparison he made that I thought was kind of oh. funny. No, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Do it, do it, it. Baby. All right. After revealing that he is his father, Darth Vader told Luke Skywalker that by teaming up, they could rule the galaxy. Mm-hmm. 
in in uh, Better Call Saul, Nacho had potential. Mike is skillful, and Gus is highly intelligent. So, what do you think about this? If Nacho, as Luke Skywalker, had originally joined Gus, Darth Vader, instead of the Salamancas, who would the Salamancas be? In this case, who is there another? Is is there an, an, another Sith? That was floating around the galaxy at the time of Darth Vader. I'm not sure. Uh, or, or maybe going rogue on oh, his own kind of thing. Go. Kind of going go. Ronin kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, thought, I, I thought you were going to go Mike as Darth Vader and Gus as the Emperor. <laughs> oh, no. He, this is di- See, this goes differently. Could they okay. have been an unbeatable team? And he, and then he, he says, Mike is Han Solo. <laughs> oh. And could they take out Lalo, the Salamancas, and Don Eladio, the Emperor? So basically he's saying Nacho's Luke Skywalker, Mike's Han Solo, and Gus is Darth Vader. <laughs> they okay. Up, they team up together to take, uh, to take everyone out. <laughs> wait, who's Spock again? Oh, wait, no, that's <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little that. lost in the analogy there, but I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> I like it though. I like it, but you're right. I'm, I'm just not smart today. I, I can't follow along. It's so weird. it is Leia? weird though too, just to think about the fact that in this world, Nacho's dead. Like I keep on expecting Nacho to pop up. You know, it was you know I don't know. I thought mm-hmm. back on the episode and I was kind of like. I re- when a character dies on a show, you feel it. And with Nacho, kind of the fact that it really didn't change the narrative too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he was really such a pawn in everyone else's game. Oh, yeah. That it just kind of sh- really, as the as it continues, you re- that really becomes so apparent, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because unfortunately, when you're dealing with a prequel, even though we have seen some post-Breaking Bad stuff, they're not going too crazy where all of a sudden we get the Nacho spinoff series where he right. escapes and is in, you know, Montana yeah. with Kevin yeah. Costner or something. But it, it's... Um, Yellowstone Ranch. <laughs> Yellowstone Ranch with Nacho, but it, it's like they keep it very. And you know, one of the things is people are like, oh, why can't all shows do what Breaking Bad does? Well, mm-hmm. it, when you're dealing like a Game of Thrones, when you're dealing with eighty thousand characters, it's a lot harder to do certain things. Where in Breaking Bad, they they set it up and it's so concise, and there's yeah. not too many characters that they're able to 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 really do this right. And, you know, I'm not saying that, oh, because they're doing a simpler show, that's the reason. No, these creators are Gilligan and and Gould and everyone are amazing Mm -hmm. because even simple shows say screw things up dramatically. This is just they they know what it's just it's it's a it's a smaller show, but it's done so well that they wouldn't do something ridiculous like that. But that's a great point, though. We just lost Nacho. And it's like, why aren't we as affected in the next episode? Because mm-hmm. I didn't think of Nacho this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's a prequel. And we know that he there is got to be some end point to him. But I think um, also it does so illustrate th- that he was a pawn, Heath. Like he, right, right. And that's what I was getting yeah. at in a long-winded way, <laughs> agreeing with you. You're right. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing what they did for us to fall in love with this pawn. And root for this yep, pawn, definitely, and hope for a bigger. When he was worth it, he was just a pawn. Yep. It was, yeah, 
That's so it, it's awesome. just it's truly amazing. Yeah. At least yeah, Jimmy Michael Mando's car too, you know, like his car was so awesome. I wonder what happened to it. Nacho's car. I think, I think they they melted it down and made uh, Saul's throne. Um, <laughs> but it's funny with it with 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 Kim is like, yeah, you can take it as long as you keep the toilet there. And all I could think about was the, the that toilet and his golden throne. <laughs> I was thinking about that for like ten minutes. That's mm-hmm. great. So you know. <laughs> oh, Heath, that's so interesting that that you that you made that they, that's another throwback there that they put in right maybe that's why he had the golden toilet as like kind of an ode to kim or maybe even a fuck you Could to have her been. right who knows yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah all right well listen it's probably we... not the same toilet but no but yeah, i just mean probably... like you know he's, you know they're <laughs> no, both I know. so I'm, vindictive I'm just you know like yeah yeah you're yeah. right it's not the same toilet heath um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's all I want to say. I want to get one right. Excuse me. Before we go, Roberto. Yeah. We may not get to speak to you again before this show ends. I, I was going to say forever. What do you mean? <laughs> I, would like, I would like for you to tell us, how do you think it's going to end? What do you think is going to happen with Gene? Are we going to get a lot of Gene episodes? Do you think Kim's going to make it? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, man, it's so, I mean, if there's one thing that I love about this show is that it, 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 it is very good at defying my expectations and, and usually for the better, like, you know, I'm, I'm usually disappointed when, you know, not, not to boast, but there are times when you follow a show and you're like, okay, I could have come up with a better way to do that or to end that kind of thing or or you or you hear or read a theory by somebody and then you're bummed that the theory actually ended up being better than what you actually saw play out on the show um the beauty of of this show and of breaking bad before it is that you know it does it does kind of keep you on your toes the whole time you don't know how this thing is gonna is gonna turn out um i mean to me, I think I, I mean we 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 all we all know that at least at one point in time, uh, Jimmy is going to end up on top being successful. Now, are we ever going to see, uh, you know, the 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 where Gene is at this point in the in the future, you know, in the re, in, in the real present time, and what that's going to, you know, is there going to be some point at which we catch up with? that scene at the beginning of episode one, where his place is being raided and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I have, I have no clue. Um, I, I've been thinking from the get go that Kim doesn't make it out of this alive. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it it, it could very well be that it just becomes maybe, maybe, maybe it's going to be something even sadder, you know, that it's not that they, that that she died but it's that they their relationship completely loses all meaning and trust um that that would be really really sad could we potentially see her you know in the real time future uh once we get caught up with saul in his you know since the last time we saw him in, in in the uh in 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 the black and white scenes from from last season um I don't know. I, I'm 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 just glad to be on the ride here and and 
be excited for what's to come. I mean, we know Mike's going to survive. We know Gus is going to survive, right? I mean, that's the one of the challenges of operating in a prequel is that we know uh, that, you know, character. there are characters that are going to continue through to, to what we know already. What this show has done so brilliantly is that even knowing those things, we are still anxious and stressed and wondering how the twists and turns are going to play out because we are so engrossed in these characters. And there are some wild cards out there like Lalo that keep us kind of guessing how this is all going to play out. So, um, so, you know, a year or two ago, a couple, you know, thinking back to when I first started watching this show, I would have been very sure that the the tragedy of Kim would, would the story would end with a Kim's tragic death at some point. But I'm not really sure I see that yet. I, I'm seeing that now. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a great answer, man. <coughs> I kind of rambled there a little bit. So no, I apologize. not at all. Not yeah. at all. I think that's that's the way I'm kind of feeling too. And I think when you focus on your characters, whether it's a prequel or a sequel or not, when you're focusing on writing great characters, um, you keep your audience engaged, no matter if you know what the outcome of some of these characters is going to be. Definitely. The fact that, I mean, it had to work out that way. They had to go farther back and work up to a closer time to Breaking Bad and a time... Right when it was when the story involved more of the cartels and gusts Mm -hmm. and things happening, you know? Um, But the fact that so much and so many of the early seasons were really about Jimmy and Chuck. Yeah. And that, and, and we saw the way just one thing that Chuck could say in front of other people could destroy Jimmy. They kind of like, tuned us into that frequency of picking up on even the slightest emotional changes in the characters that now that we're at a point where there's violence and, and crazy shit involved, um, it makes it so much more heightened. Like you're talking about, like it doesn't, I know that Jimmy is going to survive. Obviously he's Mm -hmm. in breaking bad, you know, and he's Gene. But I'm still super invested to see how he gets out of this emotionally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like how he get how his character gets out of this, his yeah. his own personal worth and value, and is there anything redeeming about him that when I rewatch Breaking Bad and see him that I feel do I feel closer to him, or do right. I feel like oh this is a time when he was a really bad person, right? You know. Um, that he had slipped all the way. And that's, yeah. yeah, that is really what makes it pretty brilliant. All right, Heath, you got anything left to say, brother? Things aren't going to work out the way you think. <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, it's funny though, is anyone who does survive better call Saul could, uh, this, I guess the Jimmy timeline could die in the gene timeline if they made it. So that's the other thing too. That's a good <laughs> We point. don't know. We don't know, um, which which it sets it up because you you know we're hoping for Gene only episodes, mm-hmm. I, you know, or so. I gotta believe we haven't seen Gene at all. There's gotta be, there's gotta be something special planned um, for it, and I hope, and I think they will. Uh, whether Saul dies in the Gene timeline, I don't know. It's just ah, uh, it, 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 who knows? But uh, no, I'm just. 
anything can happen in this show. And, and, and like you said earlier, Roberto, real quick, how, you know, we watch shows and we're like, oh, I could have written that better. Why did they do this when they could have done this? This show, like, I don't think that at all either. I'm just mm-hmm. along for the ride yeah. and what they do. I mean, it's weird. Different shows, we we act differently. We take and in differently. Them. Yeah. And judge them yeah. tremendously. Yeah. And yeah. this one, I, I, you know, I don't judge. I'm just, you know, the creators, they have a lot of street cred with us. And I am okay with what they do because they deserved it. They they've deserve earned, it. They've earned it. They've, they've earned, earned it, it because they've yeah. given us amazing characters and really good stories. I mean, yeah. I think the prequels are some of the hardest things to do. You know, I cannot. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, for me, the 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 quintessential example of how to not do a prequel were the Star Wars prequels, right? Which, you know, <laughs> I had no investment. I had no investment in any of that. To me, it was like you did not, there was nothing compelling about that. And I already knew basically where this whole thing was heading. When you write good characters like this, even though you know where good th- where the things are heading, you are engaged and you're engrossed and you just want to be taken on for the ride. Definitely. That's right. how it works. That's the truth. Let's leave it there. I think that was best way you could put it. Thank you so much for coming on, Roberto. Why don't you tell us? Tell us about all your podcasts. Are you coming back for Westworld? Well, I, I mean, a bit of a, I've been in a bit of a hiatus, you know, because some of the shows that I've been yeah. podcasting about in the past have been gone for a while. I'm, we're, I'm, you know, we have to kind of re-strategize and see what we're going to be doing about podcasting. I'm actually taking a bit of a behind-the-scenes role, producing a podcast for my wife. So, nice. Uh, nice. I, you know, and, and it is in a completely different area. It's a, She's a healthcare professional and works in childbirth education. But if there are any, you know, listeners out there who are expecting, uh, expectant parents or you know an expectant parent, um, you can check out her podcast. It's called Birth Happens, and you can find it at birthhappens.com. And I am producing that podcast for her. So it's a, a series on uh, to help parents uh, prepare for the, for the joy of childbirth um, and, uh, and, and, and becoming a family and beyond. So uh, would love to uh, have any, any prospective parents out there. Check it out. Birthhappens.com. Nice. I have just subscribed on, on the Apple Podcasts. All right. Most excellent. Check it out. Nice. Oh, how far you've come from Spartacus <laughs> to birth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the birth of civilization to the birth of man. <laughs> to birth, exactly. Yeah. History of Rome to... You know, yeah. the, be- the beauty about learning about podcasting is that you can then apply these skills to any type of podcast out there, right? So it's been great that my wife's been able to benefit from the, the little bit that I've learned in these years of doing this work. So That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Heath, of course, it's always wonderful to be talking to you. You can check us out, everyone, at dvrpodcast.com. Email us at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Become a patron, patreon.com slash dvr. All right, Solo, take us out. Oh, that's me. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Roberto, you're the greatest. It was great to chat with you. Long time coming. We got to do this again. It's been too long. It's been too long. Yeah. Way too long. And, and, you know, and part of this whole thing is, you know, um, Axel's bringing on surprise guests for me. And it's just been a delight. It just makes the journey much more fun. (laughs) So we love it. 
Goodbye, all, and have a good week.